Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the TNG Golf Cast. I'm Gareth and Tom. As you can tell, I sound like a bag of rusty nails <laughs> this week. Yet again, the Scottish bugs have caught me. I can make good some fun this week, yeah. You say I sound husky. Husky. I say I sound dreadful, but that's just me. Well, maybe a housewife's thing, but you know. Ooh. I feel like I'm 13 again and my voice is about to break at any stage, so you might hear a bit of high voices from me. My voice woke up as 10, man, honestly. I'll try and have my coughing fits off the mic and not die in front of everybody. <laughs> How are you doing this week, pal? Good, mate. I'm uh, feeling a lot better than what you are anyway. Um, that's not hard. Uh, you've been quite ill this week, haven't you? Ugh, that's life. We crack on. And obviously, tough to enjoy the kids as well. The kids have got the effect of that as well, which isn't helpful for you. No, but that's life, as we say. So, keeping it into the podcast. Have you watched much golf this week? I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched any golf. Why is that? I think, to quote Billy Horschel at the start of the week, um, the field, especially the Honda, is um, pretty poor. Yep. Not a lot of names there that would attract you. Um, I mean, similar to the DP World Tour. Yep. This week as well with the Hero Indian Open. Um, yeah, bullshit aside, not watched any. What about yourself? I haven't seen any of the PJ Tour. I haven't seen any of the DP World. I watched, I'd say, about an hour and a half of yesterday's Live mm-hmm. um, through the Live Plus, the Live Golf Plus app that they've just released this week. Because oh, it's not on YouTube anymore, is it? No. <clears throat> so obviously, they've got certain channels, stream or not stream channels, um, broadcasting channels that are actually showing it in certain countries, but mm-hmm. the UK is not one of them. So for anyone who's outside of these territories that can't watch it through a designated broadcasting channel, you can get the Live Golf Plus app and you get you just sign up with an email address and password and you get automatic free viewing of it. Mm. So yeah, that was actually quite good. Obviously, it's probably got the strongest field of names out of every tour that's playing this week. Yeah. And yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Obviously, a bit of music in the background, guys playing in shorts. It just looks cool. Uh, so yeah. So there's not really much I can say about the other two tours. We know, obviously, from looking at the leaderboards that, obviously, in Honda, Chris Kirk's got a two-shot lead mm-hmm. over the rest of the field at the moment. Obviously, as we're recording this, day fours haven't been concluded. In the DP World Tour, I couldn't actually tell you who's leading. Is it still Marcel Sim? Lost that scene. So, yeah, the German there, I think, just bring it up now. Yeah, he's got a two-shot lead. That's obviously day four's underway at the moment, so he's through hole 11. Um, four under for his day, 14 under for the tournament, so he's got a two-shot lead over Yannick Paul. So, yeah, that's carrot cracking on. But uh, good to see as well, Thorne, Bjorn Olmanson as well. He's in the mix. Yeah, so he's obviously that. having another good week after last week's win. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I mean, look at the field this... <coughs> I would agree with you, mate. The, the field at Live is going to attract more eyes, I think, this weekend. Um, looking at that. In respect to the guys that are playing, but... Yeah. I mean, the covers that you get on Sky... And they've not been daft as well. Where, where When they've obviously made their schedule, they've picked this week directly because, obviously, DP World Tour's got the... In, they're in India for the Indian Open. Yeah. And then you've got the Honda Classic where it's directly after two events that the the top players Mm -hmm. in the world rankings that are eligible to play in the PGA world were all mandatory made to play it. Now, 
two goals, two courses that they wouldn't have minded playing anyway. And obviously, the money purse that was up for grabs, they were quite happy to play for that too. But they were mandatorily made to play in those events. Mm-hmm. This one wasn't, no. and they've all, whether or not they've gone to do some resting before the likes of Bay Hill comes up, Sawgrass, the players, and then obviously Masters, they do need downtime. But it shows that that field is not as strong as what we've had the last couple of weeks. So do you? I mean, personally, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that guys like the top tier elite players are not so much picking and choosing their events, but they kind of are. You know what I mean? Oh, they've it's, always done that. They've yeah. always picked and choose. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I mean, like you said, the big courses are way to come up in the calendar year. Like you said, like Ardice Place. Players. Like players Championship, Masters, like you just said there, mate. I would prioritise them as well. Of course I would, yeah. And you obviously, know I mean? you might have found maybe one or two of the bigger names that had maybe dropped out the top 50 or mm-hmm. top 60 would have maybe been playing these to try and get into like the World Golf uh, match play that yeah. will be coming up as well in yeah, Austin. Not far away, is it? So, they may have elected to come here, but they'll probably try and make the ranking at, at Bay Hill, which is probably going to have more FedEx points and more... Yeah world ranking points as well because no one has still figured out that world ranking point system and I'm not going to delve into it because <laughs> it's f- yeah. mind boggling Yeah, I think I'd have better luck in breaking into a bank than figuring that out so yeah so the, the two other or the so called two traditional main tours are weaker this week in, in terms of live what mm. live's name is that they can obviously showcase and of the live, Taylor Gooch is leading alongside Peter Ewan. Um, so even if people are interested in the team event, the team that's leading at the moment is the Crushers, which is Bryson's. And f- if I looked at the leaderboard correctly last night and I did see it, Bryson was the worst performing player of his team. Not surprising. But they only cla- I think they only count the three top scores from each team is to the accumulative score for the team event. It's just the problem. I've, I'm still not aware of like how it all works. I'm still... I mean, I watch the golf now and again. Obviously, the season's just started for this event. It's it's meant to be a different approach to golf. Yeah. We know that. But I need to get my head around a couple of things first. Last year when I watched <coughs> it, like I said, I watched three events last year and I, I was a bit naive. I didn't really pay enough attention to the team side of stuff and the, mm. the information that dictated what the, the, the team was how it was run it was more I was watching the golf to see how the golf would stand up yeah. um, so that was my way of looking at it so I, I still don't really have a great grasp of what is being showcased in the team event of things but I'm, I'm trying to learn it yeah, I'm, so. I'm keen to learn more. I mean, I'm, I've never been against Liv. The one thing I am definitely against <coughs> within Liv is Bubba Watson's team name, <laughs> Range Goats. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the, the team names are a bit out there. Very um, much so. Very. Yeah, some of them are just nuts, to be honest with you, but that's what they've gone with, so. All the best of them. <laughs> Torque, Torque GC or something like that for Neiman and Neiman uh, and Lita and that. Yeah, could go on all day about the names, but yeah. So that's the uh, update regarding the tours. Uh, 
A bit of news that came out through the week as well was um, news from the RNA. This would be that they are not going to stop any live players playing in the Open. No. They've given a green light. I'm not surprised by this. No. I didn't think the majors were ever really going to try and push against the the live participation of it. Because yeah. the majors have always been built by having the best golfers competing for their trophy. Yeah. Augusta National with the Masters have come out and said the exact same thing. They're not going to stop them. Same with PGA as well. They confirmed that a couple of days ago. PGA. The only one that hasn't is the US Open, but that's run... Is that run by the PGA Tour? Or is that's that USGA, is it? Is that the USGA? Yeah. So they've... It, we'll find out where they sit on things. They'll, they'll fall soon. I think they will. Yeah. I get it. So that is... I don't know if you, if you can even see it as a bit of a blow to... Monaghan and his PJ tour because I don't think that's going to change their stance on things. No. But the majors were never going to really pick a side on this argument because they're they're interested in themselves because they do stand alone from the tours. Plus, yeah. they are the four competitions that if you're a golf fan or you're on the precipice of wanting to maybe be intrigued by golf, mm. they're the four events that you pay attention to, and then every second year you get the Ryder Cup. That's really it. So they're not going to be too interested about who plays where when they come to, to play for their competition. Look, look at players especially, man. You go back to like the full swing documentary. His legacy is built on major wins. Yeah. More than anything. So even the top elite players only really care about majors. Case in point. Jack Nicholas. How many PGA Tour wins has he got? It's less than Tiger, is it not? I don't know. But I know how many majors he's yeah. got. <laughs> Case of point. Yeah. Well played. Yeah. I'll so, need to check that start now. <laughs> I'll need to check that now. Right? But I, I, <clears throat> I don't know how many PGA Tour wins he's got. Mm. I know how many majors he's got. Yeah. That's mm. what how, that is how, nine times out of ten, we define the great players of the game. What's well, so it's defined with the argument, is it? Yeah. Between Nicholas and Tiger Woods. I mean, our generation would say Woods. Older generation, even some of this generation would say that was based on the stats and the numbers, but yeah, no, you're totally right. Eh? And that's how people have even tried again. We do occasionally pull football into this because it's something that we both have a passion with and we can try and relate it to. It's how a lot of people have tried to settle the uh, Messi Ronaldo argument with mm. Messi winning the World Cup this year. Yeah, he's done now, he's ticked every box, he's ticked everything he can win. Yeah, so but anyway. So, yeah, the, the majors are not going to stand in the way of Liv participating, which I don't think really comes as a surprise. There was another bit of news in the golfing world that kind of directly involves Liv. Adidas. Big company. Big, big golfing big company. company. Have, see, it's all being put that Liv dropped Dustin Johnson and Sergio Garcia. Adidas. Sorry, what did I say? Liv. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Adidas have dropped yeah, Dustin Johnson and Sergio Garcia I wonder if it was more of a mutual thing because if you look at everyone that well, if you've watched the live stuff they're all more or less wearing team yeah. outfits now and a lot of it is not branded by the major brands mm. the only one that I did see yesterday that was still wearing branded stuff 
it was Cam Smith who's still wearing his penguin and Titleist oh, yeah. branded stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure that they'll probably follow suit and start making team outfits and getting team sponsorships. You got somebody come along, probably, probably Nike, maybe, because they can't be sitting there on the fence against a, a company like Live with their back history. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll come along. They'll start designing and producing these uniforms as they call them eh? yeah I mean yeah. even that element to the game what's your view on the, the uniforms that they're using I think they're just really delving into the team aspect of yeah. it and trying to give they're trying to sort of grab the idea that other big sports have like you don't you're a Man United fan so you love Man United so you follow Man United for the as a club mm. that's what they're trying to do so Okay, we'll take the Crushers because they're leading it at the moment. So yeah. they want you to sort of buy into the Crushers. Now, the the team format or the player format within the Crushers, that may chop and change because they do have a, a trade point in the season because, who is it? <clears throat> Excuse me, Peter Ulohan, who's currently tied leader at the moment, he's on his fourth team already and it's only just started the second season. Is he? Yeah. So he's moved about because it's obviously not either not worked with a certain team or he's underperformed and they wanted rid of him so that they could get someone in who could play better and score well. So there's that aspect of it as well. So there's a mini-type version of a transfer system like within draft, it as well. NFL draft sort of thing, yeah. Kind of, yeah. So it's like a trade. They, they mm. call it trades. So it's like an off-season trade or a break midpoint trade or stuff like this. So they don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so they want you to buy in to the team. So, again, to bring it back to you're a Man United supporter, so they want you, you as a Man United supporter, you love all the players that are at Man U now. If one of them was to leave, you may or may not follow that player. You may mm. go, right, well, okay, you've been a good servant or you were underperforming, you were crap. Bye-bye. Mm. It's kind of what they're trying to do with that. So with that, having a uniform, again, it just completes that whole idea of a team. Yeah. So I think that's where they're going with it. I... I I could be way out of line here, but I could foresee them if it continues to progress and become successful and people really buy into it. I could even see them trying to bring in another 12 or 16 teams in the future and make a second division. And then you could have a promotion relegation type thing. So you've got, <coughs> excuse me, you've got a big pick from different sort of level below tours as well, mm -hmm. like Corn Ferry. There could be guys just missing out on getting that PGA Tour card. Interested? There they go. Build a new league, like you said. Yeah. Division 2. And then you could have, say, like Thomas Peters has just gone now across, and he's obviously part of, I don't know which team actually he's gone to, but say he's underperforming in that team and they're maybe down the bottom, and we're talking, obviously, years in the future when they've got this second league, yeah. and they look like they might get relegated, and a team that's close to promotion goes... We want to get up there. We think we can fight, but we want someone with experience. Mm. Well, we're going to push Thomas Peters from them when we go up. So he stays in that league, but he's got the experience maybe to rub off on the other players mm. and a bit of confidence. It's, I think that's what they're trying to do. So it's not unlike Nottingham Forest coming up in the Premier League this year and buying about 40 odd players. Buying 40 odd players, but they tried to buy to start with Premier League experienced players, thinking mm. that that would help them in the league. Yeah. Whether or not it'll work, I don't know. I really it's don't. Very, but I think, that's, I think that looks like the 
the bigger picture of what they're mm. maybe trying to produce. Interesting. And I could be totally wrong. It wouldn't be the first time, as my wife would tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, big news to Gordon, uh, DJ and Sergio. I mean, Ugh, I, I, I don't think, see I don't think it'll matter to them. They've made no. their money. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal with them. It's news, though. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> other big news. Yeah. Which took my interest quite a bit, to be fair. Uh, is a, a competition starting soon called the Grant Thornton Invitational. <laughs> this is going to be a mix sort of mix tournament yeah PGA tour players and LPGA tour players mixed competition this could be interesting well the, the DP World Tour have already done that with the L uh, L-E-T tour I think they got the ladies European tour yeah um, they did one I think it was a, was it towards the back end of the last year and uh I can't remember the name of the woman who won it, but it was a female who won it. Mm -hmm. So it's not a mixed pairing type, because is that the format for That's this one? It's going to yeah. be a mixed yeah. pairs. So it was a mixed singles event, yeah. the European, the DP World Tour have done. I think moving forward, I'm just going to call it the European Tour. I'm sick and tired of saying the DP World. Yeah, just, I'm trying it's, to be. It's the European Tour. It's the European it always tour. has been. It's a person of it. <laughs> but in, in having it as a mixed, yeah. It'll work. Um, you'll get all that complaints about the folks saying, well, I think as a mixed one, they'll maybe not complain too much about it. Mm. It'll just show a different aspect of the game and it'll maybe put more eyes on the female game than that they don't usually watch it or dismiss it. That's, that's what I'm thinking. If it was a singles, they would certainly <coughs> have a go at it because they wouldn't be playing off the same tees and mm. then, oh, it's not a fair competition if they're so far. Mm -hmm. But yeah. No, I'll probably watch it. I'll It'll watch just it. be interesting to see who the pairings are and how they sort the pairings. Yeah, I've read so far they've got... It's like Ricky Fowler could be going with Nelly Corder. Okay. Or her sister, something like that. And then they've got the involvement from... Um, um, just like two or three sort of top 15 of all players are sort of committed to it. But it's like all the news I'm seeing at the minute is like commitment from... Commitment from similar to what we're seeing with the TGL. And yeah. the as well. Yeah. Which I thought was called the Tiger Golf League. It was way off. But yeah. Anyway. What's it called? Tour Golf League. Uh, yeah. Tiger uh, Golf League sounds better. I thought that as well. I mean, it was way off. It was kind of sad when I seen Tiger's name wasn't there. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, we're looking forward to that. That'll be coming up soon as well. Um, so, now, moving on. We want to talk to you about our... Your... This one makes me sad. It should be your. Well. <laughs> it should be our golf goals. But you're going to come. We want to talk about our golf you know goals. I mean? yeah. But my golf goals at the moment are postponed. <laughs> Not because I sound like a baggy rust, a bag of rusty nails. Because I have a broken back, <laughs> a glass back. But yeah, so I'm not golfing at the moment. I haven't golfed since August last year. And even last year when I played, I was playing in pain. So I have not made any golf goals whatsoever other than the hope I might swing a golf club again this year. Yeah. And maybe, maybe play a course this year. But it just depends. I'm waiting. Like many other people in the UK, I'm waiting a very long time to find out when I will get physiotherapy. Yeah. So. 
your golf goals, what are they? Really, to be honest with you, um, no goals in regard to handicap. Smart. Um, I'm Smart. Happy. Far too many people get bogged down yeah. on f- solely focusing on I must or I wish to get to this handicap and then their sole work is driven by that one stat. Yeah. You can do many, many other things. Yeah, so um, no plans to go to handicap. Um, That's smart. My main goal is to play more comps. Cool. Now, I've been at Arbroath for a year now and we played in the midweek sweepies Mm-hmm. stuff like that but I've got kind of goals to get involved more with the bigger competitions like the the away games stuff. yeah stuff like that as well just see where I'm at because I mean I've got quite a broad selection of level player um, a lot of guys that are down near scratch a couple of guys that are well, I see a couple of guys quite a <laughs> there's quite a few guys that are plus plus golfers and that as well um, but yeah just to get more involved with competitions Competitions are the best way to meet your fellow members and yeah. and make new friendships and everything like that in the cl- yeah. in the clubs. I mean, normally me as a person, I f- fucking hate people, but you know, in regards to golf, I'm keen to get more games played. I suppose. Eh? Um, in regards to my game, I'm in the middle of a swing change, Ooh. which is quite interesting. Yeah, um, my first kind of swing change I've really looked at properly. Um, now, went to the range about three weeks ago, and um, thankfully you joined me to give me a second set of eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can swing a club yourself, unfortunately, because the state you're in. <laughs> um, we we'll look at the way I'm swinging the golf. Wait, are we going with the uh, mantra that those that can't do teach? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a teacher by any stretch of the imagination. No, you're not. But I'm gonna sit and set eyes there, and then you know, you know, how, like how I play in that. Anyway, you know my game. Yeah. You know how I swing a golf club in that as well. So I've got issues at the top of my swing. You've got issues in the top of your swing mainly because you've got too many moving parts. Yeah. In your swing. Yeah. No, I can get the ball up there. I mean, my driver on course recently has been really, really good. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't have a driver in the bag up until a year and a half ago. Yeah, you've always, you'd always had problems with the big stick, namely probably because you're trying to hit the thing too hard. Yeah. And that brings in more moving parts when you're trying to hit it too hard. Yeah. Done the wise thing though, just took it out of the bag. Yeah. For me, it worked. I mean, I was using either a I'm, free iron, which snapped. There's a lad at my golf club, um, give him a wee shout out, Paul Martin, He's a very good golfer, uh, if I'm correct. He might even be lower than this, and I hope he is. Um, but the last time we played, I think he was off four. Mm-hmm. He only carries a three-wood. Really? He wouldn't even go to a like mini driver that you come in, that some brand. It can fit that sort of middle bracket between those who can't hit driver and those who want a, maybe a souped-up super three-wood. Yeah. That's what your mini driver is. But no, he just carries a three-wood. But he copes fine yeah. on all the courses in St Andrews, and obviously you can play off four with it. Yeah. So doing something crazy. And like I say, I hope you're off lower at the moment, Paul. Um, and yeah, if it, it's been that long since I've played club golf as well, that it, yeah. he could even have. He might have fixed a driver, and he might have a driver in his bag. Yeah. In which case, he's cracking. He probably will be lower if he's found a driver. Yeah. 
as I say, I, I camped out of the bag for what two or three years, mm-hmm. maybe even more actually. Um, but <coughs> picked up a new driver last year, um, and stuck with it. Found a bit of consistency with it. Um, cranked it all the way down to nine degrees, which was perfect for me. Mm-hmm. It worked. Um, I was hitting it fairly well, fairly far as well, so I've been happy with that. Um, but at the minute, my irons are suffering badly with the way I'm swinging the ball. No, swinging the club, sorry. Mm-hmm. So we looked at it anyway, and what we came up with, surprise, surprise listeners, we've got somebody who Tom's absolutely in love with, but the John Ram swing is kind of what I'm trying to go for. Um, yeah, it's, it's not... You don't have the the bow in the wrist that the John has and things like that, but it's the idea of the John Ram swing is more what we're geared up to than instead of a replica of yeah. John Ram swing. It's more of a, a really short, compact swing. You're a tall guy, you're quite broad-shouldered, you've got big legs, so your body can compensate for... The more moving parts you've got, the more loose you end up being. Whereas if you stay short and compact, you're still giving the same amount of swing speed, the same impact to the golf ball. And as we showed, when you you were hitting it well, you've not lost any yardage. Mm -hmm. You've just gained consistency and control, which two very key things in the game of golf. If you can be consistent with what your shot shape is and you've got the control to do it all the time, half the battle. So... Yeah, it's, like, don't get me wrong, it's similar to myself. I try to keep myself a very short, compact swing. Mm-hmm. That's when I produce my best shots. Yeah. So that's the plan. Anyway. Yeah. So that's kind try, of my, my main groove, goal. Trying is, to groove in a new swing change. Yeah, so that'll involve, obviously, more movement, like, range sessions. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of time to do. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a busy year regarding trying to get somewhere mm-hmm. regarding that. So I'm going to try. I, mean, I do want to play more golf. I do want to play more comps and that, but I need to get to the range more often. I do need to practice more, eh? That's kind of my main goal. I'm saying, like, handicap, not interested. If I go up, I go up. If I come down, happy days. I'm well, not interested. I'm when happy. You're making, when you're making swing changes, the first thing you need to do is forget about the handicap because exactly. yeah. until you get it grooved in, your, sure perform, your, performance on the, your performance on the golf course will fluctuate, definitely. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, main question I've got for you, if you were playing, yep, would you be upgrading at any point this year? Do you think? Is there anything that's from come my, out from my current bag? Yeah. Um. From what you've seen over maybe the last eighteen months regarding new stuff coming out, or anything even from the last two years, anything that's sort of taken your fancy, you thought, oh, that could be going in the bag. The only thing would possibly be three wood. Really. Now I've got currently I've got a Mizuno ST one ninety three wood, which I absolutely love. So why am I wanting to change it? <laughs> I would be looking at the new Tailor Made Stealth two, but the one with the fifty gram weight in the bottom that you can mm, shift towards yeah. the face and to the back. That's got a lot of attention, isn't it? Yeah. And the main reason why I would be looking to change it is because I play when I can play my golf. I play my golf on Lynx courses, mm-hmm. predominantly in St. Andrews. Yeah. So 
the one thing you always have to worry about at St Andrews is what is the wind, as on any links course, really on the coast. So what that club would be able to do for me is sometimes I can hit drive out, but if it's in the wind, I can't manipulate the ball flight to come down any lower without sacrificing maybe direction. Mm. So this three wood, you can, before you tee off, you shift the weight all the way to the front. That lowers the trajectory of the three wood. So it's a more piercing ball flight. Yeah. And that would help me keep the ball under the wind and be able to be a big asset. Likewise, obviously, if it's in the summer and it's warmer and maybe less wind, you crank the the weight back and you hit it high and let it fly. So that would be the only one that I would really consider would be, and obviously I know they do it in a five wood and I carry a five wood, so it would maybe be the two woods. But I've got an M4 five wood at the moment, which I absolutely love. I've also got a two iron in the bag that sometimes chops and changes between the five wood yeah, and the two iron. So, bottom knife. <laughs> so, so talking about that actually, um, what's the deal watching the bug? Go on then. And we'll start with yourself. Obviously right. you mentioned the Mizuno, you mentioned the, the, the M4. And we'll right. start from driver. What have you got in the bug? So driver is the TaylorMade Sim 2. Uh, wasn't a plus, was it? It was just a Sim 2. Just Sim 2, yeah. 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 Which I was actually very, very fortunate enough to win off an Instagram yeah, competition. Yeah. I was a rigid one. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So <clears throat> that's the driver. It's in a X stiff hazardous black shaft. And yeah, as previously stated, I've got the Mizuno ST one ninety three wood, tailor made M four five wood, and then my irons are. Cobra, uh, they've just brought out the, the newer version of what mine were, so it's yeah. the Pro Combo set of irons, um, 4, 5 and 6 in cavity, 7 through to wedge in muscle back blade, um, beautiful, get on really well with them, beautiful irons, yeah. yeah, and then I've got 4 wedges in the bag, I've got a 54 I've got my wedge, obviously. I've got a 54, a 58, and a 64. Because I struggle getting the ball any loft because I'm more of a punchy mm-hmm. type player. So that's why I've got the 64. And then I've got the Spider GT center shafted putter, which I love. And yeah, that's my bag. Nice. What balls do you use? The ones that my wife lets me get out of her, but no. Um, the TaylorMade TB5's X's yeah. are my preferred. No, I'm the same. I'm the same, yeah. Um, regard to the upgrades for myself, I need to upgrade my wedges. Um, I mean, in comparison to Loft and that, they're fine. Kind of. But, uh, in regard to what's in my bag, uh, driver, Carly Rogue, the baby. The baby. Um, 2019 model, I think it is. It came out, yeah. So, it's, a, it's just the best driver I've ever used. In my opinion. It's the, it's the thing with any golf club, really, is yeah. confidence. That's it. That brings me a lot of confidence, yeah. I hit that well. Um, <coughs> so, yeah. Um, I've got that. I've also got a two iron. Mm-hmm. Cobra. Okay. Um, what was your thoughts of the two iron? 
Oh, I bought that before. You put the driver in the bag. Because that's what it's, I obviously I previously stated before we did what's in the bag. I've got a two iron. Yeah. I've got a TaylorMade P seven ninety two iron, which I love, but it's not in my bag because I prefer the five wood. Because mm. I've got a bigger face to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's so what was so your theory behind getting the two iron was uh, for teeing off, right? Because you didn't like driving. Didn't like the driver. Okay. Yeah. So I had a Callaway XR three hybrid. It's kind of in the bag. It's not at the same time, but I've got, I've got it there. Um, mm-hmm. I used that for teeing off at one point. I think I was maxing two thirty, right? Two forty off a tee with that when it behaved itself. Um, but I thought by getting a two iron. I'd gain more yardage, um, but then because of Lynx fairways, because of Lynx fairways, yeah, what the ball roll, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's still in the bag. It's handy if it goes tits up on a par five, something like that. But again, regards to my swing change, it might benefit me having the two arm regarding where I'm centering the, the club face and all the rest of it at the minute. So we're looking at that. Um, so yeah, the, like I said, Carl the XR is in the bag, the hybrid. Stuff sharp from that as well. Um, irons, I've got TaylorMade M2s, 2019s as well. Yep. When they came out, um, I need to upgrade them at some point, but I don't at the same time. I think I see the new shiny, shiny. I think, oh, I could do with new irons. We all do that as golfers. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen every new club that's come out from all the big brands and gone, oh, I'd love that, or I could, yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, like the new P7 MBs. Oh. From Cal, uh, from Taylor Made, sorry, are stunning. Yeah, but as are the new Cobras, Mizuno's, Mizuno's. That's Mizuno. the ones I want. Yeah. Mizuno's always bring out nice looking clubs. Um, but yeah, M 2s I've done. Thing the is, job. while you're making swing changes as well, there's no point there's because no point. you don't know what your yardages are going to be. You don't no. know what your gapping's going to be. So yeah, there's no point until you get the swing change groove within. Yeah, and they're sort of they're not in bad condition. I mean, all the grooves not. Are perfect at the minute they do the job eh? I mean there's no damage what's the point if it's getting rid of the golf course easy enough just crack on yeah. uh, wedges <laughs> this is where I might take a bit of flack um, so I've got 60 degree tailor made um, the MG what's it Christ's sake man no no grand yeah sorry i uh, got that at 60 I've got a 56 degree Nike it was your old club. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Was it, was it the combo? Pro combo? Yeah, that was from my set that I... I think it was my first set that I actually bought. I bought a three, uh, three iron through a 56. Back when you could buy the yeah. full set. Yeah. I was about 18, 16, 18 at the time. Um, yeah. So you've had that 56 degree. Four, four years? Five years, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I used that as my, well, I looked at that as my safety club. It's my get out of the club. Um, Sand wedge for most folk. It's taken a beating like. <laughs> the bunkers that I go in, mate, but it's done the job. Eh? I've got a 52 degree wedge. Believe it or not, it's a phaser. An old brand? Now, the reason I bought that was I was in a rush <laughs> to play around one day. Nipped into American golf. Seen the price of other wedges that they had on sale. Because it's an American golf, it's fucking over the top. Seen that, thought I'll do me for a round, grabbed it, picked it up. It's been in the bag ever since. But yeah, so it doesn't matter what the brand of the club is, 
<laughs> I've just said that we all love shiny things, yeah. and we all we are brandest. At one stage, I had a full tailor-made equipment bag, yeah. and it was great. And then I was like, as I started getting better and delving into the more analytic stats of my game, mm-hmm. it was like, well, actually, the tailor-made irons I've got are, are okay, but the gappings of which I have for my yardages are shocking. So I changed. Mm-hmm. And now I've got a very multi bag of different brands. Yeah. But it's the, and I think even more pros are doing that as well now. They're not being so stuck to one brand mm-hmm. of stuff. They're going, oh, as what they were classed as free agents and being able to, he must have negotiated with TaylorMade to be allowed to do the wedges. Yeah. There's no other way about it. TaylorMade wouldn't have let him do that otherwise because he was using the high toes mm-hmm. before that. And he's obviously changed to the Vokies this year. He hasn't, from my understanding, done a new contract with them. So he must have gone in and negotiated. He's had to. But yeah, so I think a lot of them are starting to go on their own so that they can build their own bags. Look at Justin Rose. Yeah. That week that he won the at t he just put in that set of Cobra irons because he had the a mixture of different and it wasn't even like a one brand of cobra irons it was multiple cobra irons yeah because he had the king tours which was a bit stronger lofted in his high four irons and stuff like that then Mm. he had the uh cbs and then he had the mbs so he's done like a pro combo set because he as he went back to it said when he won the us open he had a pro combo set Mm. and it's something he's always liked i'm a big fan of pro combo sets i think i've owned three i like the the forgiveness you get with the cavity back and then obviously the more precision you get and spin that you supposedly get with the MB blades so yeah to go back to being phaser there's nothing wrong with it being phaser 40 foot boom happy days and it does the job and it's still on the bottom though so yeah the only problem you've got with wedges is once the grooves go yeah I mean that's to be fair it's actually not bad to be honest with you and then part I've got the um the spider that I'm currently trailing at the minute. The tall red one. Yeah. He the Jason Day one when he was in twenty sixteen and he was the best putter on the planet. The one that also won Sergio Garcia's Masters. Hmm. Interesting. And then boss TP five X as well. So yeah, that's the <coughs> What's in the bag? Um, so yeah, the golf and goals set. Goal, I think your golf and goals are pretty modest. Yeah. Um, I think if you you nail them down, like you said at the start, you don't have a handicap goal. Mm. But if you achieve all the other goals you set, your handicap will benefit from it anyway. That's it. Yeah, I mean, which is why I like the folk that don't. There's nothing wrong with setting a handicap goal, but I think it should be a distant goal with a lot of shorter goals mm-hmm. that will achieve the yeah. distant goal. Yeah, there is the scratch. I mean, it's all up people's minds, isn't it? I must get down to this, I must get down to that. I mean, what I said to you in the previous episode, the lowest that I've been is 10. And I'm happy with that. I'm now sat at 13. I play at Arbroath, which is windy so as you're, you're fuck at, all you're the time. You're at 13? Yeah. So you only have to make five pars of a round? Yeah. Could be look at it, yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to look at it. Yeah. You need five pars <laughs> in a round and then thirteen bogeys and you've played level par net golf. Yeah. That's I mean 
I mean, I've, I've, with regards to handicap, I was set on it for maybe a few months where it was like getting to me and I wasn't getting below this and below that. But yeah, like you said, man, there's more important things when it comes to your game. Like consistency, for one. But yeah. Handicap becomes a result of all those other things you do. Yeah, exactly, mate. So, moving swiftly on, we are going to talk about. Where would you put it? YouTube golf. YouTube golf. Social media golf. Golf content creators. Um, and the boom of maybe like what the last 10 years of the amount of channels that have come through creators in general when it comes to golf I mean just the wide variety for the viewer <laughs> yeah I mean it's obviously inspired us to some degree to be doing this yeah you know what I mean um, oh we've even we had spoken about do we want to take some of this towards YouTube as well yeah course um, vlogs whatever I mean there's and ideas and that's something that's still maybe on the back burner but Depends on your back as well. <laughs> <laughs> back burner being a pun. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's definitely inspired likes of me and you to this podcast especially. Yeah. Um, I mean, from my experience of it, I mean, I first came across YouTube golf, YouTube golfers, but like two, three, maybe four years ago, and Mr. Rick Shields caught my attention first. Um, it's quite easy. He's the biggest name in YouTube golf. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, what, two point six five million subscribers and then you add on the, the followers on instagram and facebook and twitter he's pushing three million plus eyes yeah i mean he's looked upon as the gold standard he's had to grind his way there as Back well it's not like it was overnight yeah because obviously there's another group that will well it's not a, i've given it away by saying group but there's another account that's probably climbed a lot quicker to the high numbers that they're at. Yeah. Well, you know more about these guys more than I do. I mean, we'll go, we'll yeah. go on to that. Um, yeah. But obviously, you talk about the good, 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 good guys. I mean, yeah, the the content out there now. I mean, kind of the variety of content as yeah. well. Because it's you've got Rick who he used to cover a bit. I don't know if he maybe tried to niche himself more in that he does mainly. He doesn't really do many course vlogs nowadays. He does his break seventy five. I love that series, man. Yeah, but he's more about his product reviews, mm -hmm. and is is it's more based on his opinion of stuff now. It's not so much. He doesn't even really do lessons that he used to because mm -hmm. he used to do a lot of coaching tips. Yeah, that would be a sort of niche experience of being a PGA coach. Yeah, he sort of stayed. Yeah, he sort of stayed away from that. I mean, that's, that's, the way, that's his direction now. Fair yeah. play to the guy. He's got to that level where he can't do that. But yeah, I mean, it, was, it was like coaching videos, swing tips, stuff like that. I caught my eye straight away. Um, and he's been doing it for over 10 years. Yeah. I mean, working out of like Trafford Golf Centre, the Mere, stuff like that as well. The guys done pretty well for themselves. Obviously, then brought the attention of others, like probably one of your favourites, Peter Finch. Finch. Well, they obviously, they went to... My school. Pro school. They yeah. were a pro school together. Obviously, there was a few there as well at the time, like Andy Carter and that, the likes of. So they all did that together, then went their own ways, and then sort of have gradually come back. And as Peter has spoken about it, he was at Trafford Centre with Rick, and he saw what Rick was doing, mm -hmm. and then thought, well, maybe that's actually a better way to try and boost my teaching. Um, 
his fishing net, if you want to call it, and that, and get more people involved and come into him for lessons. So it was it was purely based to try and boost his business. Yeah, for coaching. Yeah. And then it developed as as it has done now, and he's able to take a lot more um, flights around the world as he has been doing. Well, that's that blows my mind. <clears throat> I mean, we we watch it, but you sit back and look at it, stuff it all back. These guys are seeing the world. They're playing elite golf courses. They're playing with pro tour level players. They're obviously bringing in other content creators to expand their horizon and all the rest of it as well. I mean, Peter Finch played one or two rounds, I think it is now, with Billy Horschel. Yeah. They've played against, like, I mean, Rick Shields plays with, like, Lisa Lee Westwood. Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood. It's just the, the access they Adam get. Adam Scott. Yeah, actually, our Kings Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a place to pick <laughs> to play with Adam Scott, you know what I mean? Yeah, so the opportunities have now been afforded to these guys because of yeah. YouTube. And I think even, maybe jumping ahead here, but the, with the most recent news of Mika Morris, Grant Hover getting signed by TaylorMade, yeah. the good, good guys getting signed by Callaway. That's a big thing, man. These brands have now identified that, hang on a minute, Maybe as many, if not more, eyes of the golfing world are watching these than the tours. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So they're now trying to use it to capitalize for themselves, but again, it, it increases the content that these boys can now produce. Yeah, it's just yeah. There's been a little bit of a shift, maybe in focus from the world of golf, with how much social media and influencers in the golfing world are maybe more prominent than your tour pros it's scary but it's the social media generation age and what you say I mean it's the biggest marketing tool out there yeah it's frightening I mean like the title suggests is this what golf has come to I would say it's certainly going that way it's and going I don't that think way it'll, I, I don't think it's ever going to replace the tours and no. the, the traditional setup. But I certainly think it's got its place and it warrants its place in the golfing world. And like you say, it brings more eyeballs to golf. It might bring it's more people to golf It's probably a lot easier courses. to watch Rick Shields take on Adam Scott at King's Barnes yeah. for 45, 50 minutes, however long the video is, yeah. than sitting and watching four hours on a Friday of the Honda Classic. Which we didn't watch the thing. <laughs> but that's what I'm trying that's to utilize. Like, yeah. If like, this week, so the Honda Classic's on with a, as if you're a golfing fan, you would say it's a weaker, as we've stated, it's a weaker field. DP World Tours in India, with what again we would class as a weaker field. Yeah. So why not sit and watch what the good, good boys have done this week? Like they did some cracking course vlogs in, they played a pro-am in the Divide when Rory won the Divide as a Classic. They yeah. were there and yeah. they were in the, um, the pro-am on the Wednesday before it and they played with beef well, they and they've yeah. done two videos yeah. I've sat and watched that instead mm. that is the way it's going isn't it? that is the way it's going I think and I don't think it's a bad thing to a degree they're slightly more relatable because they're closer to our level this thing as well I mean, you see like Rick Shields has got a regular on his um, his break 75 break 75 uh, James Robinson now and then Guy so you've got three different levels of yeah. golfer so Rick will try and break 75 Guy who's like his co-host and sort of producer on yeah, that show, trying to break, break 80. 80. And this James Robinson, 
he's always trying to break 72 and or he's 70, a, isn't mate, he? he's such a good player yeah he's such a good player but it does show you though even though he qualified for the Open at Canusti in 2018 mm-hmm. he's no longer a tour player no. he gave up his card the level to be on like the Euro Pro European Tour to get your card and then to show the level of like so we always Marco class it as there's there's pro and there's amateur yeah but within that there's several branches of levels it's within insane, each yeah. even with amateurs you've got high amateur well, you've got maybe high or beginner amateurs mm. you've got novice moderate amateurs then you've got your maybe your between 18 to 10 handicap golfer that's obsessed with the game probably by that point always trying to get better mm. maybe not having as some success with it yourself probably you're in that bracket then you've got your sub eight to five handicappers then you've got your sub five to scratch which is where i come in which is just constant grind because otherwise you you lose it as quick as you can get it mm. and then you've got scratch golfers plus then you've got your elite amateurs who are on the cusp of potentially being able to turn pro yeah then you've got pros you've got teaching pros you've got playing pros you've got successful pros you've got elite pros tall pros there's just so many levels within that but we just define it into amateur pro yeah. <laughs> yeah. and case in point rick shields is a pro so is james robinson mm. The difference between those two yeah he's like six to seven shots yeah it's crazy it's absolutely crazy but you put james robertson up against tiger woods <sighs> that's what okay maybe not <laughs> tiger woods now but john rom well rory mcelroy yeah i'm trying to get away from saying his name <laughs> <laughs> i haven't said it at all this yeah, episode i'll keep fuck actually yeah i keep mentioning no i have when we're talking about the swing i've yeah. said it but yeah. okay but rory mcelroy the james robertson couldn't compete with Rory McIlroy he just couldn't he could probably put in a crap ton of work to get better mm. but he probably would admit himself that that level that Rory's at is just unattainable to him so you put, say you put like a handicap on it like regarding <coughs> see we've got we also know scratch a scratch your McIlroy's your John Rams your Dustin Johnson's where would you see or like to think their handicap would be on paper and reality. Someone tried to work out John Rams the other day, actually. Yeah, it was like a couple of weeks like ago. 10, 11 over. Uh, plus 10, 11 or something like that. That is seen, yeah. but... There was an idea that Tiger Woods, between 2000 and 2005, was playing something like plus 14. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's insane. That's insane. I mean, you see how hard it is to get the scratch, and there's guys that you know, so I know, like, that's sitting comfortably, like, at plus three, plus two, and how hard they worked to keep that maintained. Mm-hmm. To be on paper a plus 10, 11, 12. It also shows how far the game's come that, well, Ian Poulter turned pro off four. Mm. Now, he's probably the last one that's been able and will be able to do that. Mm. Now, the theory still stands that you can turn pro at four, I think. I don't think, is it loaded to two? It's two now, yeah. Is it two? I think it's two. Right, okay. But for a long time, you could still turn pro off a of four. It does not mean you're going to get on the tour. You might be a good coaching pro. Yeah. And that's definitely an avenue that, that folk could and should have looked at. Mm. 
but to do like what Pools did, that, that won't happen again, even off two men, because there are kids out there who are 15, playing off plus three, yeah. plus four, <laughs> and even they probably aren't good enough to make it. Yeah. It's just, it's frightening how good, and that's just the technique and talent that we're talking about. Yeah let alone the mental capacity and strength that you need to live out of a suitcase for those first couple of years while you're trying to make it. And you've got to live in hotels, different beds. You pay for everything yourself. Paying well. for everything yourself. Yeah. So you're needing a hell of a lot of sponsorship <sighs> to get yourself going. Mm. You're trying to pay a caddy who you may not be able to pay. You've got to get flights everywhere around the world. The you see why the, the mental fortitude that you would yeah. need to take because for a lot of them that do it and maybe don't make it that's a hell of a mental battle mm -hmm. that they'll be getting and they'll be getting a mental beat down as well yeah. so it's different days mate that's just the way the game is I mean yeah levels to it mate there's levels to it yep. um, so going back to Peter Finch yes now without trying to be disrespectful I would say... Be careful, choose your words wisely. Yes. Well, let's have that there. I would say my eyes and my attention now has been focusing more on Peter Finch over most of the guys, like Sir Shields, Andy Carter, Mark Fryer. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is. Club reviews that he does mm -hmm. are very open, very honest. Like Shields and the rest of the guys as well that are. But I kind of feel myself levitating towards watching more of his stuff now. Um... Content. That might just be more of a uh, preference. Well, it just might be just more of a review of you and what you've defined that you are now more interested in. Yeah, doesn't necessarily mean you're being disrespectful. To no, no, it's not put out there anyway. Um, but yeah, so I personally have always liked Finchy just because I find him funny. Yeah, I, as a person, I I like him better than some of the others out there, and I just like the content ideas that he comes up with. Like the ones that he's done where the last two years he's tried to make the, the so-called cut in events. I think he did one at your favourite place, Yaz Links, <laughs> in two years ago, the, the event that was at Yaz. He played two rounds, I think it was the week before the competition started, and they tried to marry it up. Would he make the cut yeah. if he'd been playing in the, the event? And he did another one this year at Razal. Kaima. Kaima, yeah. yeah. Thank you for saving me on that one. <laughs> and they're interesting because you've got the, like, the leaderboard on the same yeah. page and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, his new series looks good where he's going to try and take on as many YouTube content creators out there to see who's, as they call it, the best YouTube golfer. Well, it's quite a big question though, is it? There's that many that are kind of... I listened to his latest episode on the Rough Cut and apparently it sparked a bit of aggro because mm. there are a lot of accounts that believe that they should have been mentioned or in the thoughts and they're not but by rights Bryson DeChambeau has a YouTube channel so that was mentioned yeah yeah Bryson's an elite player so could they uh, one could they even convince him to play them and two is Peter good enough to beat Bryson is any of the YouTube guys good enough to be Bryson? I don't know. I don't so, know. it's a good idea. It'll be compelling. Um, if 
I've filmed a few episodes already now, so I've not yet watched them. Mm-hmm. And they're taking on females as well as male. And so Liv Cook's one of them. She's a cracking golfer. Yeah, yeah. Very good. We've got the content with Finch. I enjoyed the question open. Content yeah, that I don't think he's really doing that this year. He has confirmed that he's not going to be trying. I think he's got. I think anymore. he got a bit too disillusioned with competition golf and that trying to find the balance to put the work in that's necessary for mm. it to get the output. Yeah. To get the outcome. So, and I think, I think Rick Shields caught that one quicker than Pete. I think Pete always had the dream and the bug. Like Rick tried it the first year, and then yeah. obviously, I think, did Rick try it twice? Because the first year that he tried to do it, Pete had that hand injury, and I think he had to pull out last minute, mm-hmm. which was probably why Pete continued on longer because he maybe felt he had something to prove. But Rick tried it, got his famous hole in one in the qualifying yeah. round, and but he, he he himself admitted, as he still does now, he struggles to deal with the big crowds. Mm-hmm. He can't get over that anxiety that it, it sort of sparks in him. So he went. Not for me, not doing it. I tried it, gave my best shot, but not for me. Fair play, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. That's good good knowing yourself. <coughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean the whole point of us sort of mentioning these guys' names is kinda that's a shout out to me, maybe if you love your golf and you're not into your sort of YouTube, go watch these guys. Um the content is good. I mean the coaching videos and that they've put up, it's all still there. It's all very insightful, it's very handy. I mean I've taking a lot of the tips myself and try to put into my game but um, yeah definitely have a look at them now I mentioned club reviews uh, are you now talking directly to the nerds of the game yes there's a lot of us isn't there there's a lot of us um, now in my opinion I think you probably agree with me the best place for club reviews mean in depth knowledge and information regarding golf equipment club fitting club building there's only really one place you want to go. And now you... I fired, I fired you in the direction of yeah, these guys. And I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, man. Now will be the boys based out of Canada. Yeah. Although he is a fellow Scot. Hailing from the West Coast. The boys at TXG. Yeah, Tour Experience Golf. This, how they don't have as many subscribers and followers as likes a... Because maybe Shields. not as many guys like to delve into the, oh, the stats of the it's game. It's proper golf porn now. It's, yeah. It's, it's insane. It's the nerdiest of the nerd golf. Yeah. Created back in 2015, uh, like we said, CEO Ian Fraser. Yep. Scotsman, uh, hailing from the West Coast. Uh, He's the a guys, Rangers fan, so, you know, they've all got their faults. Yeah, they do their faults. Yeah, he loves the, the blue, red and white, doesn't he? Um, anyway, we'll get away from that as fast <laughs> as we can. Um, yeah, the guys, I mean, the experience of them. You worked at TaylorMade. Yeah. Um, was it? Eight, eight years, was Eight, he nine years with TaylorMade Europe. Uh, working in various roles. Um, I think he's been working in the golf industry for about 18, 19 years. Yeah, his sole passion is club fitting. Though. Club fitting, yeah. It, just, it comes across a lot eh, in the videos that they do do. do, do. Anyway, um, worked with big names. Gary Woodland. Monty, uh, one of the more Mary brothers, Stephen Gallagher, Paul Laurie. Um, and from what I read, he was responsible for the TaylorMade Performance Lab that 
Is it Tumblr? Well, he came up with the idea or he helped create it? Designed it. Oh, right, okay. Designed and operated. Now, that's kind of makes sense when you look at what he's built out in Canada, yeah, his own to. lab. Yeah, it's insane. So the guys up there were probably one of the biggest brains in golf, to be yeah. fair. Eh? But yeah, he then created TXG, Tour Experience Golf, in 2015, based in Canada. Three locations. Um, I really want to go. <laughs> I don't know how we get there. <laughs> but by, pl- by plane. He's oh, fucking full of jokes today, people. Brilliant. Um, swim in it. <laughs> I can't swim. Um, so, yeah. Now, they don't have the, the number of followers that they should. They really don't, do In that. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we obviously we like what club reviews when the new clubs get released. Irons, drivers, you know, I mean, we go to, like, so, like we said, Mick Shields, Peter Finch, these guys. Now, I had no idea about TXG. And then you questioned me on, have you, have you seen the. TXG's video for the new driver. I was like, what the fuck's TXG? <laughs> and your reply was, go on YouTube, type in TXG. And I think I spent about a good hour and a half just cracking on watching videos. Um, yeah, it's in depth, man. Yeah. It's. <sighs> their, their knowledge in the shafts alone is yes. frightening. Yeah. Like, you start talking about kick points and weights and. Swing characteristics and everything else. It's just, yeah, it's just super, super nerdy. Yeah, but it's awesome. Obviously, Ian's the main guy in it, but obviously on the channel you see uh, his good friends, Mikey, who's another. He's a, ah, he's a, builder, a isn't he? he's a builder, yeah. but he's a fitter as well. But yeah. he's the more tried to say maybe more as the average man's guy because he's a, a 13 to i think he's a 10 8 handicapper maybe right and then you've got matt who is a lefty he's a pro as well and he's got a beautiful swing man yeah yeah um Fluid. so and i think ian plays off round about three or two as well right. so but yeah so you've got again they're trying to approach the three levels of golf when you're doing the swings of sh- like reviews of clubs and stuff like that there's a full review as well i mean you, you yeah. see what you would see if you're at a gc quad setup yeah with your track man and all the rest of it. i mean you'd get i mean point of impact and again, oh, oh yeah they delve into the swing path F- spin rates uh, loft um was it dynamic lofts um yeah. launch angles stuff like that there's just a full breakdown of everything and how to optimize and they also are very very obviously they're very good at what they do they know what they're doing they're professionals but they're very good at showing you fixes for swing forks and that that you don't think would work but would work Mm -hmm. like for a lot of the time you think and it could just be even be by different heads of drivers like ping notoriously are a heavier head than most of the other big brands out there Mm -hmm. and when they've got matt on the GC quad hitting balls they'll put a lighter shaft in to compensate for the the heavier head but sometimes that doesn't even work as well so they have to put the heavier shaft in and they'll play around with it but they know exactly what they need to do to tweak yeah and it might only give them more one yard more but it's to optimize the best performance of that club for the player yeah they're just superb and the content is based at every level of golfer yeah. As well. Like you said, they've got Mikey that comes on quite regular, um, showing his level, so sort of mid 
Andy Cuffer, yeah. you've got Matt, and you've got obviously Ian as well, the lower guys. I mean, they get coaches on that are local to the area in Canada yeah. Yeah. as well, mate. It's just, it blows my mind now. And so again, anybody who loves their golf, equipment, fitting, reviews, everything, go and check out TXG. Um, we've been watching them for a while now, and yeah, every time a new club comes out, they're the review that I wait for. Yeah, same. I mean, before it would be, for me, it'd be like Sir Peter Finch, I'll wait for his review. I mean, they are all in depth and all have their own way of doing it. It's, it's informative, but TXG are just fucking next level. <laughs> so, yeah, um, check them out, guys. Um, now, this section is regarding the good, good boys. Now, I've not been on term for as long as you have, Tom, obviously. Um, so, so, the good, good guys now are probably the fastest growing group as they state now. Yeah to get to 1 million subscribers so i think they are currently the sec- second biggest golf channel on youtube but it started off mainly um they've all the boys that are in it now maybe apart from luke who's the current new boy in the group they've all got their own individual pages as well or channels but it started off originally as garrett doing trick shots in his back garden yeah that's what i thought yeah yeah he used to put concrete slabs down and chip the ball into it and you'd see it hit off every, <laughs> every other slab and then he'd maybe just catch it with the wedge and try and chip it into a, a putting green hole that he had in his back garden yeah and then he had his mates matt Scharf and uh steven i am not going to try and pronounce his second names out of respect um who would come on and partake in the trick shots and i don't think golf was ever really like they maybe played golf but didn't take it as it. serious as obviously Garrett. Garrett was always a golfer. Yeah. Stephen was mainly a footballer. He mm. would play soccer, as mm. they would call it over there. Mm. And Matt played golf, but whether or not he was as obsessed and driven with it as he is now, mm. I don't know. So then it was mainly those three that you would see. They then briefly teamed up, started making like group videos with a guy who can't remember his name for the life of me but he's a professional frisbee thrower guy um he'd do competitions and get like frisbee golf type things and he would play that but he would play golf as well so they did a combination of like different trick shots golf vlogs videos but for whatever reason that broke down and they went their separate ways and mika who is garrett's cousin I believe. Was he? Yeah, I think they're cousins. He used to float in and out of the sort of setup. And then as they went and decided that, no, this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to keep a a team type channel going. Mika came in on board. And then another boy who sort of floated in and out of it was Bobby. Bobby's Bobby's brilliant. He's nuts, man. He cocks me up. Bobby's absolutely awesome. Just loves sitting in with the cap backwards, having a massive cigar. He's just your ultimate chill guy. But Bobby would come on and it was it started off again like like guest appearances and stuff like this while they were doing their course vlogs, but they would also do like funny challenges and they some of their best stuff is the knockout stuff that they would do where you'd have five or six of them and they would do right, we'll play six holes, whoever's the lowest score or the highest score on the hole, yeah. you're knocked out until you've got your winner. Yeah. The Wheel of Misfortune is another great one. They'd go out and collect several different items and then they'd play a par three course. You spin the wheel, whatever you're left with is what you've got to hit so yeah. you can get anything ranging from a, a 
I've seen them use a seesaw, a child <laughs> seesaw, to a shovel, to a baseball bat. Yeah, you name it, they've tried it. And uh, just for fun, banter, trying to increase the game of golf, and just being themselves. Yeah. And then Grant came on board, and that seemed to be solidified as the six. Was it? Yeah, the six for a while, for a good strong while, while they were growing rapidly. And then they did a big collab with Rick Shields as well through here in, in, yeah, in GCB Manchester. Area. Well, they were yeah. in the GCB. Yeah. And that was sort of the roster where they were at their best. Well, not maybe the best, but the peak of their powers, mm. in a sense, on YouTube. So you had Stephen, Matt, Garrett, Micah, Bobby, and Grant. Grant. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I'm dying. Um... <laughs> Grant's father was a, a teaching pro, mm. and Grant can do him. Was used to give the boys some lessons as well. Mainly, Bobby would go to him for his lessons. And again, like I said, they all had their own channels, so they would do their own stuff, and they would maybe collab on each other's channels mm. as well. And then, kind of out of the blue, Mika left, and they got a, an ex. He's still a pro, Luke Kwan is the new guy that's in now but he used to be I think he went to qualifying school I don't know if he got any further than that if he featured on any corn ferry tours or stuff like this but they got him in um, and did another big as they called it was it the oh, I've not I can't remember what the hell they called it but it was it's like a, yeah, they yeah. Did, it was like 10 episodes or something like yeah. this where they did uh, it was kind of like their FedEx yeah cup version yeah. thing so they, you, <coughs> you did so many events across I think it was 10 episodes to get well, points good, good that's the one yeah good good um, major. Yeah. and then Grant he took that I think he won that um, but yeah th when Mika left I think he then decided that he wanted to try and actually make it pro mm -hmm. and he saw his route to doing that obviously being outside of the good good lads and then another couple of months went by, and obviously Grant has then decided to leave as well. And now we're at a stage where Good Good have been picked up by Callaway, Taylor Made have picked up Grant and Mika, and you can still follow all their stories on their own pages. I watched their two club fittings at Taylor Made, and it was really good because you get a closer view of Tro Troy, mm. who's their Taylor Made's head guy now for club fitting and f building. Uh, it's really good, but I prefer watching these boys because you've got more relatable guys there. Mm -hmm. They're off the street. They're kids. They love the game. You've got Stephen, who I, I think he genuinely does enjoy golf, but he's not as good as the other guys. He mm -hmm. would admit that. He's capable of doing some fantastic uh, shots, but he's the more relatable one because he gets frustrated with it when he's not as performing to his level. Yeah. You've got Matt, who seems to be the hole-in-one specialist. Have you the par four? The inf one. His infamous par, uh, par four hole-in-one. If you've not seen that video, you should definitely go out and watch it. Because it wasn't just his shot that was awesome. Because the full run of it is, they're doing a 3v3 on that one under the old um, setup when Micah and Grant were a part of it. And you had... They called themselves Team Twigs against Team Stubbs. <laughs> yeah. And the Twigs were Garrett, Grant, and Stephen against Bobby, Matt, and Mika. Mm. 
and Bobby went first on this par four driver and managed to hit the green, which is a great feat in itself on a par four. Mika went second. I think he hit three wood. His bounced onto the green and then hit the flag and then upstep Matt. But beforehand, they're all talking about going, oh, could you imagine if we made a, par a hole in one here? And yeah. uh, this is just insane. Matt hits his shot hits the green they're all celebrating in that sense going three on for three for three on the green this is amazing and they've got their camera guys up on the at the hole and you just watch it go in and you hear the cameramen shout <laughs> and like any time they have if it's over a hundred yard hole out or a hole in one on a par four or a par three as soon as these boys know it goes in oh. they are full pelt running so they ran the full yardage of this par four and you can see them knackered by the time they get there. And it's just quality. You just get swept up in it and you you just can't help but be happy for them. It's entertaining. Definitely yeah, entertaining. Yeah. It's going to give a different sort of force to the game of golf. I mean, obviously the, the idea of golf is a, it's a gentleman's game and no, 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 bullshit, man. But it's, it's, that's, that's the main question. They're more fun to watch. Yeah, it's making golf fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Going away from that traditional arty farty can need to behave yourself and fucking certain clothes you need to wear. I mean, I'm I don't know. I don't know how they get away a lot of it with the golf courses they play because obviously they play usually. If they're doing a full course log and they're doing the competitions, they'll break themselves up into two threes, and they get quite a few guests on, so it might be maybe two four balls. But for a lot of the videos, they were doing it as all six of them on on one the tee, yeah. which goes against the traditional four balls only. Yeah. But yeah, they're just great fun to watch. It's entertaining and it's it's golf and you can still watch and even learn stuff from it. But it's just so much more entertaining sometimes than watching the tour level events. Because unless you've got Ram, McElroy and Justin Thomas slugging it out in the final day, one shot separating them. Mm sometimes a lot of these events don't have that much excitement there yeah so I mean and over the last 10 years would you see the sort of influx of these creators mm -hmm. the YouTube guys doing this benefit the game of golf I think so I think it's benefited the game in the sense that your Rick Shields and your Peter Finches your Matt Sharp uh Matt Fryer. Fryer and Carters who are all doing your maybe your coaching started off doing the coaching side of things well they've helped improve amateurs that maybe couldn't go out and afford to get lessons because yeah. lessons can be expensive yep. it's the best route to do to get better but for the average Joe who couldn't afford it well now they're getting tips they're getting things that they wouldn't have maybe learned mm. to help benefit them and it's probably helped improve a number of beginners then you've got those who maybe play golf but not really fussed and bothered about playing week in week out or even maybe joining a club but they'll sit and watch good good guys and go this is brilliant i yep. love watching it it's good fun and it keeps the the interest and the passion in the game there to say right no i'm just gonna go out and play golf this week yeah so i do think it's it's helped i definitely think it's helped grow it i definitely think it has. i think that's Evident with the fact that Callaway and TaylorMade have gone out and directly sponsored yeah. creator golfers. 
not tall elite. Like TaylorMade have shipped up, uh, changed up their way that they operate. They used to throw huge amounts of money at all golfers mm-hmm. that they would um, sponsor. Now, not so much. They've dropped an awful lot of them. They gave super, super money to the likes of Tiger Woods and Rory yep. McIlroy and everything else like that. They've got their other ambassadors that they keep a hold of. But the rest of them don't get a big piece of that pie anymore. And they're now looking at the likes of your YouTube creators and your content creators. I think that's a big shift. No, because I'll give you more. Um, I mean, I would say, but I nearly gave up again. I nearly gave up golf a few years ago. But I would say maybe guys like us, like making these golf videos and these coaching videos and these entertaining videos, it kind of drew me back in a wee bit. But, yeah, I would say it's benefit the game. Um, it's probably brought more folk into the game as well. But yeah, I, I love it. I love it, mate. So, we'll end this episode with my favourite part. The quiz of the whole segment. Obviously, this week is your turn to answer the questions and I'll ask them. Uh, quiz the host, get to know you better. Get to know us better. More than anything. So, we'll start with question one. You've got two options. You receive an offer from Liv, guaranteeing you 14 tournaments worth of play on the tour. Financially very generous. You're playing alongside the elite players like DJ Brooks. Phil the Thrill, your favourite. <coughs> or, you're offered a European tour card, you start at the bottom, work your way up, and TaylorMade offer you an enhanced two-year equipment package. Which option would you choose? Well, neither are going to happen, but... Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. I'd take the live package. 14 tournaments. Big money. Basically a year. Not even a year. But you're playing alongside the likes of. It'd just be a family decision. It'd be the money, that money. Wrong. It's not going to stop me from being able to play golf. Like, But. I would be able to provide a better life for my family. There we go. That's, that's, I like it. For me, that's a no-brainer. No problem. Question two. If you're given the chief role at the army, what would be the one rule you would change in the game of golf? One rule? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I'd probably try and relax the dress code. Yeah. Okay. Good answer, man. And Question. make it that they can get a free drop out of divots. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to let that go. I hate it. Oh, no. uh, Question three. Favourite club in the bag? I'm a 10 cup fan, 7 iron. <laughs> First club you'd replace? Now. Three wood. Today. <laughs> Question five. If you turned pro and had the pick of the best caddies in professional golf, who would you offer the role to? Hmm. 
with the pick of every card in the world. It's got to be Billy. Because <laughs> yeah. even if I'm playing well, it's going to be fun. If I'm playing shit, just tell me a story about Sethi, Billy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, question six. What is one piece of golf equipment you think every golfer should have? Fork. A pitchfork. A repair. Pitch repair. Nice. Someone repair should. your pitch no, exactly. on the green. Exactly. We don't want to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Question seven YouTube golf or tour golf? I can't answer that one because it depends on how I feel. Hmm. There's many different uh, factors to that because it depends on what the tournament is. Yeah. Like if it's the Honda Classic at the moment. I'm probably going to steer more towards YouTube. Yeah. If it was the players or the masters, I'm watching that. Um, so I like them both equally. Yeah. In a sense, but it, it just depends on my mood. Fair enough. Question eight. Where are you like more likely to spend your money? Off the loan is pre-owned, or clubhouse golf online? I'm lazy clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an online shopper. <laughs> but off the loan is pre-owned is one of the best shops going on, honestly. Yeah, if you're in St Andrews, you need to head to that. If you watch Rick Shields Golf, you'll, you'll know about that place well as well. Well, make me segue on to question nine, sir. Question nine. Rick Shields or Peter Finch? Peter Finch. <laughs> I've already said that. <laughs> that was a silly question. Question ten. If you're off for the free round at Augusta National, who's Bye. the one, one person you would take to play with you? Oh, I'm screwed either way here. <laughs> but one person. I'm so, so, so sorry. I love you so much, darling, but I'm taking my dad. <laughs> it's got to be, innit? I can't it's not take him. It's got to be. Yeah. With his hip in my back, we can't walk that course. <laughs> So I might as well just send the wife and whoever she wants to go with. Yeah. Just vlog it, darling, so I can watch it. Yeah, there you go, man. There you go. <laughs> That's the end of the quiz the whole segment. Thank you for that, mate. Enjoyed that. Welcome. And we've now come to the end of the episode as well. Um, again, we see it every week. Thank Screw you, you get now. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that has been tuning in and listening and uh, return listeners, new listeners as well. Uh, the stats that I get Again, are showing me that we are hitting more areas of the UK, we're hitting more areas of America, which still blows my fucking mind. Um, Austria, Czech Republic, Germany keeps coming in strong as well. Thank you guys across there. Um, yeah, we are exceeding expectations for us at the minute. We can't thank you all enough, uh, genuinely. Don't be afraid to reach out and message us, get in touch with us on the socials. Yeah. Because again, we would love to have that engagement, debates on debates on socials, just even ideas. Yeah, we're open to all. To be fair, um, again, I know I've asked this every week, um, but I'll ask you again. There's an option where you can rate the podcast and you can leave a review on yeah, Apple and Spotify. Subscribe to it. Subscribe to it. Follow as well. And uh, yeah, thank you again. Thank you, Tom. I know you're quite unwell, mate. I do appreciate you making the effort today. Um, and hopefully you're feeling a lot better soon for, for the week. listeners ears if nothing else <laughs> yeah. you're going to gain some more fans mm-hmm. I'm telling you man that husky sexy voice of yours 
It's uh, might do things. That's the creepiest thing you've ever said to me. It's not. We know it's not. So why say that? It's the creepiest thing you've ever said to me. I can repeat. Oh yeah, don't know. But yeah, until next time, guys. Thank you very much, and uh, yeah. Cheery bye. Cheery bye.